Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Let's go to Natalia. It's a pretty name. Natalia in Los Angeles, and she is on line four. Natalia, welcome Uh, to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking my call. Um, Hello, Dr. Dyer, and hello, Diane. Hi, how are you, dear? I'm good, I'm good, and I was actually also in Pasadena that Friday, and you were absolutely amazing. I was just captivated by you. Oh, well, thank you. You know what? I I, I went out there, and I just sat down, and I just got very quiet, and I repeated what I always say from A Course in Miracles as I was being introduced. You know, if you knew who walked beside you at all times on this path that you have chosen, you could never experience fear or doubt again. And I just walked out. I just realized that I wasn't alone and that I was called to, and I just sort of let it come. And uh, it, it, uh, the, the reaction to it has been just amazing, more so yeah. than anything I've done in a long time. And, you know, I found myself like I was just, I was glued to you. You, you know, it was just, I was just, I just saw your face and, I just kept staring at you and, and just taking it all in. It was, oh. really, it was absolutely amazing. It was a nice night. Where are you from originally? Um, I am from Ukraine. Oh, from Ukraine? Yeah. You have I family over there you, now? I, I did call you a couple of months ago asking about mm-hmm. a war. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you gave me a really good answer, and I've been I've been trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, what's well, on your mind today, my dear? You. Uh, so I have been struggling with uh, my mother. I have a very difficult relationship with her. I have a business in Ukraine, and she's running it there for me. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to run it from here. And, um, you know, we just have a lot of differences and misunderstandings. And, like, you know, I, I try to think that I'm the boss, and I try to, to tell her what to do, and she resists me. And so we've had it for seven years, and it's... It's just been difficult. So, mm-hmm. and I, I have collected some grievances and resentment toward her, and and then last year I was pregnant with my baby, and you know I, I, I didn't feel like she respected me, you know, in the sense that I should not have been stressing out, and yeah, her mm-hmm. and my brother, they were kind of ignoring me, not not doing what I was asking them to do, and. I just got, you know, I guess just got really upset. And now, of course, she wants to see my baby. You know, she wants to come and visit. And and I'm just kind of holding her back from it. And I don't know if I'm wrong for doing this, but I just really want well, to... Well, the question isn't whether... The question isn't whether you're wrong. The question is whether you're happy and whether you're feeling content. Yeah. And you're obviously not. Um, yeah, you, that's a good you, I can hear it all over you. That yeah. uh, this is your mother. This is your mother. Um, you know, look at her the same way your little baby is looking at you as her mother. You know, okay. it's a it's a spiritual relationship. It doesn't make any difference if you have uh, disagreements on you know how anything is done. Um, th- those are just the natural part of it. But there is there is a love uh, that exists between you and your mother, and you've allowed it to become sullied um, by. S- by having expectations that she should be seeing things in terms of how to run this business exactly the same way that you see them. 
you know mm. that having having your mother in, involved in a business uh, in another part of the world um, is going to be loaded with all kinds of, uh, you know, dis, uh, just disentangling, entangling kinds of, uh, of of problems. You know, she's in a different generation. She lives in a she lives in a different part of the world. She lives in a different culture than you do, uh, even though you're over here. You know, it's like yeah. Um, and 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 it's like uh, if you could just if you could just in your mind just see her functioning ex- you know exactly the way uh, that that she's supposed to function just see it see it happening that way and and have nothing but just respect and love for the way that she's doing it even if it's not the way that you would do it is the business still thriving is it still is it still uh, working? Yeah, it's working. I mean, we did we did lose some money thanks to some of the things that she did, but you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I just I just don't know how to how to get rid of this resentment that I have, you know, yeah. kind of piled up. And and I yeah. know that you wrote a book about your father and how to forgive him. I ha- I haven't read the book yet, but I mm. w- just wanted to see how how were you able to forgive him. I was able to forgive him because I was I was directed to do so. I was sent sent to his grave, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, and and I, I really went to his grave. Uh, I went to his grave to piss on his grave, to, to put it bluntly. I was so angry at this man and so filled with rage for my whole life that I just, I, you know, that that was my intention in going there. That I was just going to curse at him and, you know, because I had never met the man. He had been dead ten years and I didn't even know it and so on. And I told the whole story and I can see clearly now. Um, but um, I, I got it. I got into my car and I just was driving away from the cemetery. I was going to, and something called me back, and that's something that called me back. Um, uh, you know, I went back to the grave, and it's, it's just it, it was an it was a Maslow. Our, my teacher used to call these peak experiences. It was like one of those magic moments that uh, uh, something uh, something was directing me to get rid of this rage and this anger and this and this hatred and this bitterness that I was feeling, and I had been feeling for my entire life towards this man for walking out and all of those things, and it was. Uh, it was one of the most freeing things because the minute that I did it, Natalia, the the, the uh, everything in my life started to change. I just yeah. I can remember saying, from this moment on, I send you love, and that's what I would recommend. From this moment on, I send you love, and mm-hmm. um, and then I went and I, you know, I, I I changed my diet around. I start I stopped drinking. I stopped doing drugs. I got out of relationship that wasn't working. Uh, and I sat down and I wrote a book that became a classic, Your Erroneous Owns. I wrote it in 14 days. Uh, and I had been so struggling all that time before that. And and what I'd suggest with you is that um, you've got the same thing going on. I mean, you you want to deny your your mother the opportunity to see her grandchild um, because of resentments. I remember being in a meeting uh, years ago. It was an, an AA meeting. Um, that uh, I just was attending as a guest, I, uh, and and I remember on the back of the of the in the back of the room there was a uh, uh, a, a sign uh, that someone had put there. It was a, a poster, and it said, "There are no justified resentments. There mm-hmm. are no justified resentments." And um, it's very interesting. My daughter has written a book called uh, um, 
Don't Die With Your Music Still In You. She's written it with me. And that's one of the chapters. I'm going to send you that as well as the uh, the thing with Abraham today. I want you to read that chapter on There Are No Justified Resentments because all of the resentments that you carry around, they don't do anything to change your mother. All they do is is create dissonance and uh, being upset and anger and hurt and hatred and bitterness and fear and uh, all of the stuff that you don't want. Um, yeah. And if you, you know, if yeah. you can just find a way in your heart to just send love to your mother, even if she's behaving in ways that you don't agree with, and just become a being of love, just become that, um, you're, you're going to see a, a, a dramatic change in that. And I would invite her to come over uh, here and see your baby. And, uh, okay. you know, you, you don't want to get to the, you know, whoever. I, I remember what Maya Angelou said, and it's like it really, it's really hitting home with me now. Before she passed away, when she turned seventy, she said the thing that she remembers the most uh, that 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 she learned at the age of seventy, because her mother passed away. She mm -hmm. said, no matter what your relationship is to your mother, no matter what it is, when she's gone, you will miss her a lot more than you ever realize. And mm -hmm. uh, I can say that's really true. For I lost my mother uh, two years ago, or she passed passed on, and. Mm -hmm. um, I miss her. I, I miss her uh, enormously, uh, and, and think about her all the time. And I think that same thing will be true with your mom as well. And whatever the question you have, Natalia, whatever the question, love is the answer. Love truly is the answer. Send, mm -hmm. And you'll find that when you send her love, the the kinds of things that she is doing that you find you, you you're filled with resentment about um, will disappear. They'll just disappear. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So. You have to be the bigger person. Ask yourself, yeah. what would, what would God, if you if you have a relationship with God, what would yeah. God say, uh, you know, to uh, to you and to your mom? You know, I mean, she is a being of light and a being of love. That's yeah. where she came from, um, and our source would never ever deny uh, deny her love just because. You know, she behaved in some silly way that you don't think she ought to be doing, running a, a business. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway, that's my advice to you today, my dear. We're going to send you Thank both you. of those books, Don't Die With Your Music Still In You and Co-Creating at Its Best. Thank okay? you so much, Mr. Dyer. I really, Thank really, really you. love God bless you. you and love yeah, all of you. I love you too. But I know I don't know that you're really getting what I'm saying. I, I want you to really make an effort. In fact, if you can, I don't know what time it is in the Ukraine, but as soon as, as your mom's awake, um, just call her and tell her how much you appreciate her and, uh, and how much you'd love to see her. You know? Okay. Okay, I you, will do that. I will do yeah. that. And when she Thank comes, you. just every moment that she's here, just remind yourself that she is entitled to be whatever she is and just love her for that. You'll see. Okay. It works. Okay, All dear. Right. Thanks. God bless you. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for so your call. And let's go to Heather on line three, and she's calling from Austin, Texas. It's a very fun city. And Heather, welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Dyer today. Hi, both of you. Hi. This Hi, Heather. It's great to talk to you. Dr. Dyer. You too. About a, a year ago, right after my sister had passed away, and right before you spoke to Abraham. And so uh, oh, it's great yes. to talk to you again and uh, hear that things. I, I was in Pasadena, and you were amazing. Everyone's saying that. It was like the big conversation all Friday. <laughs> Was so it? It was really yeah. amazing. It really was. It was really, I, I think spirit just like came through you and uh, we all felt it and it was rejuvenating. It was great. It oh, was my great. God. I was just, uh, and, and I spoke for three hours and um, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in there after two and a half hours. People weren't even getting up and 
I don't even know what I was saying. I just know that I was like really on fire with with what, uh, especially with what I've been reading uh, and studying about. You know that what is infinite consciousness and uh, and who we really are. It's such a freeing and, thing. Yes, and isn't that how it is? Speaking with Abraham too. I sat in the hot seat once, and it's you. You don't know what you said. Like I didn't remember anything about it. It was a good thing that you know someone actually put it up on YouTube later, and I was like, wow. <laughs> That's what happened. I know. <laughs> it was amazing. That happened to me. That happened to me for three hours with Abraham, and I really wanted to get through a lot of questions and ask. And um, like when that thing was over, I, I walked. Uh, my friend Reed Tracy drove me back to the hotel, and um, I said, "Reed, was it okay? How did it sound?" He said, "It was fantastic." He said, "Don't you remember?" I said, "No, I, I honestly couldn't tell you one question I asked her what the interchanges were or anything." And then they they finally sent me the recording of it, and I, and I just I was just mesmerized by it. So it's called me co, too. co-creating at its best. We're going to send you a copy of it oh, just yeah, for calling I in. Oh, thank you, thank you. I stayed up and listened to it. You remember it was like you could pay online to listen yes. to you, and so I did that. But there's like it vanished. Then you know, like I was like, whoa, that was so amazing. So yay, I'm so excited to hear it again. It was really, really yeah. great. Great, great, great. Oh, that's thank well, you. Thank you so well, much. Well, the last time I saw you was in Fort Lauderdale um, at the writers' workshop, and I've been working on on my project, and I'm excited about all that. But I really called to talk to you about um, about in my in in my understanding of your writing and and everything I'm listening to you about. Um, in my, I can see clearly now. About how your life becomes a story. And, like, I'm so experiencing this, like, everything since I talked to you a year ago just seems to go one thing to the next. And if you just keep staying open and saying yes to life, like, all these miraculous things are happening. But I think about with my son, like, my question was, my son is 15, and and is there any way, do you think, to, like, have you been able to share that perspective with your children, or is it just something that you have to come to over time in life? Your children are not your children. (laughs) They are the products of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not for you. And, um, you know, just because they share a little biology with you um, isn't, uh, you know, I have eight children and and every single one of them uh, is on their own unique path. And, And some of them think that the stuff that I, you know, the stuff that I was talking about when they were 15 years of age, they just thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. My, my daughter, Serena, has written a whole book about it. We're going to send you a copy of it uh, along with the, uh, the Abraham thing. Don't die with your music still in you because she talks in there a lot about uh, how, how weird it was when, you know, when she would have uh, a father like me uh, and a mom like she had uh, talking, uh, you know, about... Uh, you know, you, you become what you think about or that God is something that is inside of you and so on. And they just, you they hear so many other contrary kinds of messages and, you know, wherever they go, or if they go to church or in schools and all of that. And they have to just, they just have to figure it out for themselves. You know, it's, um, I just don't think that, uh, you know, that you can do a whole lot more. I think after a child reaches about age four, um, they're gone from you. They're on, they're on their own path. And then, uh, you're just you can guide and and but basically you, you might as well just guide and step aside um because they're you know they're on the path that they're going to be on and uh Uh-oh. you know you can uh, you can infl- influence some behavior but internally that spiritual thing inside of them they came here with with dharma they came here with something to do 
I mean, there's there's no accidents in this entire universe. Everything is uh, it's all coordinated absolutely perfectly, and uh, um, we think that we're in charge of it, and we're going to make a difference if we do that or the other thing. And uh, there's just this this inner calling that is just it's always operating. It is I call it divine guidance, you know that uh, that was moving me throughout my life. But basically, it was my having a sense internally of being willing and determined and fearless in, um, in in listening to what I absolutely felt excited me more than anything. It's like I saw a, uh, I saw a story uh, on, I think it was on 60 Minutes, if I'm not, just the other day, uh, on this little girl who uh, they were talking about all of these injuries that these young kids are 12, 13, and 14 years of age are getting because they're playing soccer and they're getting their ACLs torn, you know, their knees uh, and so on. And young children, 13, 14 years old, tearing their knees up because they're, they're, um, they're too young to be running, running, running as much as they're running. They're putting through all of these paces and so on. They were talking about the dangers of that. But the one little girl, you know, when they asked her um, about getting back to soccer uh, and and they said to her, now this is her second ACL tearing. And then she was like maybe 12, 13 years old. Um, and the interviewer said, are you, are you going to go back? Uh, I, do you want to go back to, to playing soccer? This is your second time your knee has been torn up. And she said, she said, it's the only thing in life that, uh, that I have passion for. The only thing in life that I have passion for. Um, and it's like, who, who can understand that? You know, who can process that? And your 15-year-old, some, there's someplace within him, something. He may not even understand what it is yet. But uh, as far as you being able to get him to, to do it the way you do, the only thing you can do is present him with an example of someone who was living, uh, uh, you know, her own dharma and fulfilling her own destiny, uh, and you know, and, and and content with it, you know, being in a state of contentment and love. <laughs> that's exactly our last conversation, and that's what I'm writing about. My book is about that. I mean, I I I live in that state of contentment, and I feel so fortunate that I get mm. to be. I'm a gardener, so I'm out in nature all the time, and and his mm. it. And and he's definitely got his own path. Like his is music. Like I don't even know where it's coming from. He writes mm. all this amazing music and plays it. And I guess I really more meant not. I feel like he shows me Dr. Dyer so much in my yeah. life. But mm. but that perspective of like how when you know he's a teenager, so sometimes things are you know don't go the way he might want them to. But kind of reaching that perspective where you're like, well, each thing is just another step or a rung on the ladder. And mm. I don't know. I, I, I try to share what I can with him. But, you know, the truth is, like you said, they just they see what you do and they see how you are. Right. And and that's more enticing than trying to tell them something. You know, if you're if, if I'm happy yeah. and joyful, he's like, what's making mom so happy and joyful, you know? So that's, mm. that's more. more One of the things thing. that. One of the things that I know that I spoke about in Pasadena was uh, this idea of the soul that it's either that, you know, this, this, every parent has heard, especially if you have more than one child, has heard a child say, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. I mean, it's just, and, and, and it's like a lot of people think, well, that's just a bratty little kid and I'm going to get that out of them. But basically that's their interior soul. That's the, the interiority of them. Um, uh, 
suggesting that uh, I don't want to be placed in a box. You know, I don't want you to put me put a fence around me. I don't want me to you to try to convince me or anybody to try to convince me that this is uh, what I should be doing. Um, you know, it's, it's that it's that idea of finding your excitement because whatever it is that excites somebody, like with your son, it's music. Um, it, you, you just can't turn that off. The only thing you can do is like I talked about it in uh, in the movie The Shift. Uh, with the death of Ivan Illich, where he's lying on his deathbed, uh, just so filled with anguish and, and hatred towards his wife, who pulled all of these strings in order to get him all of these jobs, which are the jobs that he didn't even want to do. He wanted to be a poet. He wanted to be a writer. And uh, instead, he became a lawyer and then a judge. And, and then he was dying. And his last words were, what if my whole life has been wrong? Uh, that's, a, that's a scary feeling uh, inside, you know, that, uh, you know, that's when I... Uh, when I decided I wasn't going to die with my music still in me and, and that I was going to allow my children. And I, and with all eight of them, I have never told them what they should do or given them advice on uh, what school to go to or what, you know, what they should major in or any of those kind of things. I just let them, I let them figure it all out. I mean, I let, we, my wife and I both, we let them dress themselves in the morning and, uh, and decide what they wanted to eat for breakfast. And we didn't put curfews on them. And uh, we just talked about, you know, what is a sensible time to be in and so on. And we raise them to be, you know, I say parents are not for leaning. They are to make leaning unnecessary. You know, it's like, so you want to help children to be self-reliant rather than reliant on, on something outside of themselves and to listen, to listen to that inner calling that, that we all have. You know, there's something inside all of us that excites us. Uh, and it's what we signed up for. We came here to do it in a big way. And we get lost in, the, in trying to be, you know, trying to fit in and be in this world. And we're never really taught that you're not of this world, you know, that, uh, you know, this world has beginnings and ends and, uh, and, and forms and, and rights and wrongs and all of that. And, uh, you know, the world that you came from is, is infinitely perfect and joyful and love. And uh, when you're with your source, and that's why the thing with Abraham is so exciting for me, this, uh, this new, uh, this new product uh, co-creating at its best, it's, uh, it's just that awareness always that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a law of attraction that is out there. We just have to re reconstruct our thoughts and our approach to everything and get rid of the judgments. I Sorry, completely I'm, agree. I'm, no, no, I I'm rambling. completely agree. No, and I, I, uh, I've been experiencing that when I went to Fort Lauderdale. I didn't even really know why I was going. I was just like, I'm going to go mm -hmm. and I'm going to spend this weekend. And that was the big part of the message that really affected me, whether it was, you know, someone who wanted to write a book or, you know, finding finding what your passion is and pursuing mm. that. And, and uh, you know, all of these interesting events that have led one to another to another. You know, I, and we're coming right up on the point where I have, like, a book proposal. And I'm like, I looked and I told them. I'm just oh, like, good. I believe I wrote a book. I'm like, wow. And so What's the title? Like, it's called The Seventh Season, and it's The Wisdom from the Garden of Life. Oh. And it's is about it, uh, how life is all about a garden. It's like the, the things that we do in gardens and the things that we experience in life are so similar. It's the same series of events over and over mm. and over again. It's so true. Gardens are just fascinating. I mean, when I was living in the orphanage, I mean, we had a garden. It was just, I would, I can still have very, very, very uh, vivid memories of, uh, of, be, of being out there in the ground and digging and, uh, and watching things grow. And I can remember when we would plant these, uh, you know, tomato seeds, you know, in the, in the, uh, 
you know, it, it, in the fall, and uh, and we would plant them, and and then in the springtime you'd see these little uh, little shoots coming out of the ground, and I can remember with Mrs. Scarf reaching down there and and trying to trying to pull the tomatoes out. Where are the tomatoes? Where are the tomatoes? They're in there, but you have to wait. You have to be patient, and uh, yeah. you know, it's like the you know you can't it can't a tomato can't come to its fruitage until it's time. Uh, that's true for us as well. We can't come to our fruitage to what what it is that we are here to produce until we're ready, you know. And it's like uh, it's having that infinite patience, as it says in the in the Course in Miracles. It, it produces immediate results, you know. You just got to be patient with that, and just just and watch those shoots come up, and then watch the tomatoes come on there, and they can come on first when they're very very green and very very hard, and you just have to let them stay on there and be patient and. Yeah, there's a lot to learn from gardening. It's uh, it's magnificent. I mean, just the idea of taking a seed, and and putting it into the ground and watching something come out of that. Uh, oh, and, and it's what I do all the time, and my job is kind of to see the progression of how things will and how. Yeah. Them. And you know, so so for many people, they go through life and they're looking at everything they don't like and. That, you know, this is not good and that's not good, but it's kind of my job to see, well, there's this potential we could plant a seed. Mm. We could, we could do right. some, you know, into the future that way. And, and there's this great peace in that. And that's what I'm hoping to share. Oh, with there people. absolutely it's, is. It's just one of beautiful. my favorite, one of my favorite quotes says that there's, I don't even know who said it. There's an infinity of forests lies dormant within the dreams of one acorn. Mm. An infinity of forests lies uh, dormant in the dreams of one acorn. You know, it just takes uh, and another one is that anyone can count the number of seeds in an apple, but no one is capable of counting the number of apples in a seed. You know, like, I love that one. That's yeah, there's two comment. very different, and that's the that's the great mystery, isn't it, uh, Heather? Yes. I mean, it's this whole idea that, you know, there's a future pull inside of a seed, you know, and it's all taken care of. The future is already in that seed. There is no really no future for the seed. It's just all there. And then you think of yourself, and and think of yourself as you started from a seed too. You know, just tiny little seed, and you know, there's like the. Uh, the, the the dreams that you have that can come from that sea can create you know can create a whole new planet a whole new world a whole new universe it's all within us it excites well, me I'd, these ideas i'd love to share it with you maybe i can send the proposal to you see what you think i'd love it. to see it i'd love oh, to see it the seventh so season is that what you call it the seventh season yeah that's the season that you finally reach where you can relax where you know that there's oh, yeah. more to come there's more to come every Dr. Dyer, there's never been a winter so torturous and long that it prevented spring. Spring yep, always Absolutely. Comes. It's always there. That's the That's infinity. What it's about. That's a, yeah, That's what absolutely. It's about. What what is your name? Heather, Heather McLean. Heather McLean. Okay. Yes, and I've been putting like bits of it up like I took the workshop and you know how Reed says you have to have a platform. And so the amazing right. thing is Dr. Dyer, so I started Twitter. I was like, I've never done this before. And like mm -hmm. within a month I had like 3,000 people around the world because the, the photographs and things that I would put up were so beautiful. And then last week I was in, in Pasadena to go to Reed's workshop and he said, no, no, it needs to be Facebook. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't do Facebook. And so <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. And one week I went from like 50 friends who were my actual friends to 900. Because wow, of the good pictures for you. and how beautiful. Well, it's just it's the it's like you talk about it wants to be born like absolutely you can't wants, stop it yeah it just absolutely. wants to come forth and that's why i'd love to share it with you i would send it to oh, you i'd love that 
I had Don't a very – one of my uh, sports heroes was, was a man named Denny McLean, uh, who, who who was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, won 31 games one year. Uh, um I don't know if you're related to him or not. I don't Probably think so, but I totally love baseball. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, listen, I've got to go. I want to see if I can get in one more call. Um, okay. uh, we're going to send you uh, the, the new book, uh, Co-Creating and It's Best, that I co-authored sort of with uh, with some ghosts uh, that uh, that showed up. I love and, those uh, ghosts. And well, Serena's I'll send uh, the puzzle Ser- to Diane. And then she can send it to Yeah, you. okay, she can sure. forward it on to me. And okay. then don't die yeah. with your music still in you, which is uh, Serena's look at uh, what it's like to be raised by crazy parents. I mean, uh, spiritual parents. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Get one more call in. Yeah, let's think? go um, far from Austin and head to Madrid, Spain, and go to Miguel, mm. and he's on line five. And Miguel, thanks for holding, and you're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello, uh, Diane and Dr. Hi. Dyer. It is just a pleasure to talk to you both. I have known uh, Dr. Dyer ever since I read The Power of Intention. Mm-hmm. And I've read uh, Begone, I Can See, and I got the shift uh, from my brother-in-law, which was on Maui for a marathon, my uh, brother-in-law, David, Mm-hmm. who uh, saw you walking and uh, spoke uh, a, a little bit. You asked him very kindly to where he was uh, staying at, the hotel, and mm-hmm. uh, you went to the hotel and hand him the the, the video, um, the movie. Of the shift. Oh, yes, I do that a lot, right. Mm-hmm. And and he, I, I don't know if he did see it or not, but i uh, seen it uh, a lot. And uh, I'm just I'm thrilled to to to, to you. and uh, I I know I have a limited time. Um, yeah, and that also your connection is coming in and out. I don't know if that's true for you, Diane. But um, yeah, I, I hope mean. we don't lose him. So go ahead with your yeah. question, Miguel. Go ahead, so we don't want to lose him. I think yes. we only have a minute or so left. So okay, I, I uh, I've read many times, and you've even said it uh, in the introduction. Have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. Right. Now, if, if, I, if an idea gets a hold of me, uh, how can I not attach to that thing, uh, to that idea? And, and how is it that I can attach to nothing? Oh, that's so. That's a really great question. It's about attachment, and it, and this whole idea is that you know attachment attachment to something means that if it doesn't work out, I mean, it means I must have it. I absolutely have to do it. And if I don't, if I it doesn't come through the way I want it to, then I'm going to be depressed, or I'm going to be sad, or I'm going to be hurt, or I'm going to be sorrowful, or I'm going to be uh, in in fear and so on. A, a detachment mean, doesn't mean that you don't have your excitement about what it is that you're doing. You're just Maslow said you detach yourself from the outcome. You know, you get so involved in what it is that you're doing that you let go of this idea that it has to show up a certain way or that I'm going to make so much money by doing it or whatever it might be. You let go of all of those external things and you just embrace and, you know, and 
and merge yourself in with this. I become one with it, but don't be attached to it. And the idea, and if it if it doesn't work out, if it uh, if it wasn't destined to to be so, then you just uh, you just allow it to move on. You stay in a state of flow, rather than a state of uh, all things always have to be the way you want them to be. Yeah, attachment is is one of the. It's like I think probably the highest place in relationships. What I'm learning at this time in my life is how to love without attachment. How to love someone yeah. and just allow them to just be who they are and uh, with no judgment or no interference or no expectations um, uh, that I might have uh, for them. Just, uh, I love you just the way you are. You know, Billy, I think Billy Joel sang it. Don't go changing just to please me. Don't change the color of your hair. What are you laughing at, Diane? That's my, that's my Billy Joel impersonation. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.